You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. He thinks he's cute. He knows he's sexy. He's got hot takes. But drives Rob Wild. He's got the moves. He barely use them. He sends chills. Up and down Chris's spine. He's just a sexy guy. Sexy guy. He likes Bret Hart. Bret Hart. He's just a sexy guy. Sexy guy. He is a real laugh. Real laugh. Hi, guy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd use your uh, least favorite wrestler to introduce you today. <laughs> it's alright because you got Bret Hart in there. <laughs> I was about to say because you know the only reason Bret Hart ever got popular was being propped up by Shawn Michaels, but you know, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> fucking bait. Um, <laughs> first of all, how, how have you been, Garth? How's how did the wrestling weekend treat you? All right, uh, I'm refreshed after my week off. Um, and I enjoy the wrestling. It was because I remember you ended up joining. Um, I was watching Takeover Cardiff live as you do, as you, as I I hope most people were doing in the UK if they weren't watching Royal Quest. Honestly, if you picked Royal Quest, it was a bit of a bad move because there's a bunch of fucking issues apparently, and also fucking ha- there was like one great match and the rest of them were kind of. Eh. Like not, I haven't heard anyone talking about it, to be honest. Um, the Suzuki-Akada match was really good, but then again, it's a, it's a Suzuki-Akada match. <laughs> like, Suzuki doesn't need to do much to get his shit over. Um, the Kenta... Apparently someone almost died in a fucking Kenta-Ishi match. Uh, to be fair, it sounds like an Ishi match. Um, but no, TakeOver was amazing. <laughs> like, um, that Walter... Very quickly, that Walter bait match... I know you haven't seen it yet. It's for, it's forty minutes out your way, so it's like half an impact, but still, it's match of the year in my opinion. Like I, I, I was talking to you while I was on, and when the burning hammer happened, I was like burning hammer, and like I can only imagine it because like um, I was talking, I seen you watching Tally with your um, girlfriend or something. I could just imagine I seeing burning hammer in like giant letters, and she <laughs> going, "Who's this fool?" What's going on? I was probably in bed in bed because I was absolutely knackered. To be fair, I was in, I was watching it in bed because it's the comfiest thing in my room. But anyway, how's it all out, Gaff? Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. I, I seem to be booking the trend with everyone who think who were totally underwhelmed with it. I thought it was <laughs> a good, solid show. Here's I don't th- think there was any match that were rated below a seven. Was there? Um, well, you didn't rate... Well, unless you count the buy-in, because I don't think we rated um, Angelico and Evans versus oh, yeah, Private Party to I. I really enjoyed the, the Battle Royale. That was really good. That was really fun. Um, Mercedes Martinez turned up, which was excellent. Um, Pac versus Omega was good, but felt a bit underwhelming. But then again, I think with another build, no one will complain about a rematch. Um, the Jericho Hangman match was actually much better than I expected, and I thought the Young Bucks... Both young bucks died at several points during yes. that match. 
And then Elliot showing up at the end was just... Oh, I was waiting for you to see that. that. Um, All I've got is band... All Sean, I've... Sean Spears match was really good it as was, well. I thought it was fine. We'll get, we'll get into this later. Because All Out did get us briefly suspended from Twitter. Yes. Because I saw several people... Okay, let me put this way. It was 1am or so. I was... No, I, I was a bit tired. And I saw these people calling Nyla Rose an it. Which is dehumanising. And when you dehumanise people, that's a mandate for murder. But dehumanising Nyla Rose. And I'm just sort of like... Nah, fuck you. So someone was like, and then because Brian Zane called one of these people out, and he was like, "Oh, fucking, it's just free speech," and I'm like, "Well, f- <laughs> free uh, telling, calling you a cunt for being a cunt is actually a great example of being of free speech. You cunt." And then he tried to, and then he censored us by fucking <laughs> reporting us to Twitter. Well, I guess he's just a fucking snowflake. First official fan. I fucking. <laughs> It's, it's been how long since Rob gave me a new controller Twitter? Oh, what, what, eight months? We've had many a flame war. Um, <laughs> the, um, Josh from the Irish Whip has called <laughs> has called me out several times. Um, apparently, he's more Scottish than me, um, <laughs> which is funny. And then, no, it was just some fucking right-wing snowflake, I guess. Because oh no, yeah. he I called I called someone an it and he called me a cunt. To be fair, I'd rather be called a cunt than an it. It's just sort of uh, they were just doing it for reaction. I think no, they didn't. They didn't report us for a reaction. No, I think they just made that initial um, comment for a reaction. I I think so, but I think when because thing is. While they were swearing at my answer, it was quite a well-put-together thing. It's like, well, actually, me calling you a cunt is a great example of free speech. And he's like, oh, no, he's got me here. What am I going to do? I know, Twitter, Chris is being mean to me. Like, literally, I'd, I'd, I'd have preferred to just argue with him. Because <laughs> sort of like, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He's a cunt. Yeah, but you know, it... <laughs> Twitter just look at the c word and say, "Right, yeah, you're banned." You know what? <laughs> you know what I really, I, I, I really hope one one day, like you'll be listening to our podcast and make sure it's all edited well, and then I just come on, say "cunt, cunt, cunt, cunt," and then your kids hear it and just start repeating it. I really don't want that to happen because <laughs> <laughs> they will do that. <laughs> no, I think I've. Me, me, and my, I've had to make an agreement with my nieces, where I'm like, okay, I might accidentally swear. If I accidentally swear in front of you, and you telling me you'll never play my Switch again, is that understood? Because <laughs> I'm, it's, it, I just say, I just say a swear word instead of um, really. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> ah, I'm swearing. Less swearing. Anyway, so what are we here to talk about today, guys? Oh, yes, my top ten. It's taken six minutes for me to engage with the premise of a podcast. Um, it's We just talked about my top ten favourite wrestlers today, Gaff, because you, Ro- you and Rob have done it. And Rob was bringing me- reference to it quite a lot during the No Mercy review, which, by the way, did you even... Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on No Mercy 2002? Um, honestly, I can't really remember much about it. At that time, I wasn't really watching much stuff um 
I was too busy, mostly drunk. So in two thousand two, to be fair, childhood, childhood could be seen as intoxication. So I, I could have been drunk during that time too. Kind of honestly, like obviously, like the Katie Vick bullshit. Um, oh fucking! I had to watch. I watched the Raws leading up to it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I luckily we didn't. Then, we didn't get the mannequin fucking. Just the daft skits. I mean, they were alright. They were fine. Um, Hot, the tag match heart like lesbian the action. Oh, oh, the tag match That's was a good. highlight. Um, three out of four of the people in that are actually on my list. Let's get into it then. Yeah, let's get into it. So, um, first of all, quickly, I've structured this. There's not really many current favourites on here. I mean, there's a few. There's definitely a fair number. But here's the thing. I've sort of went for people who have been important on my wrestling journey, which is which is the most cunty thing I've ever said in my life, my yeah, wrestling journey. Yeah, like, we're not going, oh, this is the top ten best. No, this isn't, like, the top ten best wrestlers ever. Oh, definitely. Yeah, these are top ten. Like in the de- my development of my wrestling taste, these people have been very, very important. Because like, I don't know your list, so you could have someone like Eugene in there. Because <laughs> you might mention here. Um, I've been told not to include Tai Chi, probably because it would give away who'd be number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also no candy floss, no. Who else? Who else do I gimmick love? Vadinas. Uh... Which yes, I, I I literally I literally just said Dina's to hear your impression because it's been too long. I'm not doing it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Vanjo Kazooie, and I love it. Um, let's think. Viper. That's not really a kayfabe. That's not really a gimmick love, is it? Viper. Right. Like she's actually really good. So. Come on then, who... Okay, so number 10 is a joint entry, and it's because it was a feud and not necessarily a tag team. Please don't hurt me. Um, and it's Sami Zayn and Neville. Because they're on there for, like, the same reason. On the original takeover. Um, no, well, we, yeah, it's because of how... Because basically NXT was my introduction to sort of the Ring of Honor style, as weird as, weird as that sounds. The indie style. Yeah, Exactly. And um, while I dabbled, I didn't sort of make I I didn't dive in mostly because it was even in we're talking five years ago it was still really hard to do at the time. Yeah. Like Ring of Honor wasn't on fight, so like you'd have to find and Ring of Honor had been great at the time because it'd been like Kevin Steen, Elgin, and stuff like that. Um, Jay Lethal, and then um, New Japan hadn't had its Wrestle Kingdom 9 yet, or if it had, I'm trying to remember when Wrestle Kingdom 9 was, but if they had... Even back then, I don't think they would have been having any... But it was on... Fi- no, yeah, again, it was on... You'd have... No, because I remember the first G1 I was properly aware of. Um, It was £70 for every show to watch on Twitch. I know. I know they had, like, um, had people going back and doing sort of redubs for it. Yeah, it's just... Mm. That was hard to get a hold of, even. No, exactly. Like, the first G1 I could actually watch all the way, like, every single one was 2017, and I jumped on that shit. <laughs> and 2017 was great, but also I had Tenzan in it, so. So, what? So, Sami Sammy Zayn, this is, this is one of my favourite storylines of all time. Yeah. 
um, the Sami Zayn underdog story. It's sort of like it's Daniel Bryan, but like with more without burying him. Is this where Neville was champ? Yeah, Neville. Okay, so basically, what's going on? Neville was champion. Go and like this sort of got reminded when I did that NXT retrospective earlier in the year. Um, Neville was champ going through everyone. Um, like he went through Breeze, Tyson Kidd, um, just everyone at the time. Like NXT wasn't quite as stacked as it was today, and like Sami Zayn was the most over person. But he was he'd win a lot, but he'd never win his big matches. So like, he beat Cesaro and then lost his two rematches to Cesaro. He um lost the title to Neil at one point for some fucking reason. Um, he'd go against Neville, Neville and lost against Neville. And like, I was just I I've very rarely been invested in a story that much. When I like, I wanted Sami Zayn. Like, I remember NXT Takeover Fatal Four Way. When Zayn almost won, and then got dragged out, <laughs> and then um, I wanted Sami Zayn to win that championship more than I wanted my next breath. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like when you're that invested into a wrestling storyline, like the chase, the babyface chase, I don't think has ever been done better, apart from yeah, maybe Brian. It's the chase, like no, exactly, and they were very smart in that sense where we didn't. Where immediately they had Owens be, um, come in and take the title from him. Yeah, that was great. Um, and then Sammy, like everything, we are, like Sami Zayn is only ever in a bad feud when it's with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> like he made a. Well, when he's. When he's not. I'm not saying not not the underdog, but when he's positioned as sort of, well, like like the heel run he did was quite good, but then when it came to like the run up to the pay-per-views it just didn't seem to work it was well to be fair that's just because it's wwe really like even to be fair even like i remember <laughs> it was my first time ever of realizing how different people are in wwe because i was vaguely aware of el generico but it was not until months until until me watching nxt because i actually got into nxt on the episode of the two out of three falls match and like I sort of look back at it with what I know now, and it's sort of like, well, that's a pretty standard like PWG or like indie match. But at the time, it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like I think that I th- again, it's it, I would not go on my way to watch Sami Zayn now. I won't go on my way to watch anyone in WWE now. To be fair, but in the case of Sami Zayn, that's it was just I don't know why. I've, had ne- slash Neville now because I'm just going on about Sami Zayn. So Neville's off the list. Um, Sami Zayn. <laughs> I've just never been so invested. Like there was never a point where I lost interest in the Sami Zayn story, yeah. and then like his match with Nakamura is one of my top ten of all time. It's just a stellar match. It's the, it's like the definition of a clinic. It's like Nakamura's second best match in my opinion. Actually, no, that's a lie. Probably his best match in WWE. Well, like the like even Nakamura's feud with Joe was a bit weak. Yeah. Um, who isn't on the list, so that's a shame. But anyway, what, I'm ve- I'm I'm very happy with that number ten pick. It's sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> just straight away, just with no one expecting that. Actually, do you remember when what were you ever a fan of like what culture's YouTube channel? I'd watch the odd video, but I'd never. I didn't subscribe or watch it religiously. 
Um, I didn't watch it religiously, but I, like because it was, they were like ten minute videos, they were quite easy to digest. So I'd throw them on like in the background while I was doing other things. And I remember they had all their personalities do like top ten favorite wrestlers. And when um, it's a good idea because people were invested in the personalities up until the point where they left. Um, but <laughs> here's the funny thing: they had they kayfabe them, so Adam Pachitti had to put like fucking Cal Gotch and shit like that in his list. I know. Like, imagine if Rob made us do that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I can't imagine him doing that. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to introduce storylines. What, in the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like, have a fucking <laughs> Podmania World Championship. When you be defending one me. It's defended once a year at a random takeoff. Anyway, Garth, my number nine is Chris Jericho. Just a spot of bubbly. Um, he, to be fair, is is Jericho on any not on anyone's top ten list? Be very surprised if he isn't. Because Garth, Chris Jericho, he just made the list. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> no, literally, I forgot about Jericho, and then we started talking about All Out for 20 minutes, Jesus Christ. And it was just sort of like, oi, fucking Jericho exists. I, so I kicked the bushy off to get Jericho on here. But um, yeah, Chris Jericho is just. There, there was. He's never. There is. Within. How, how long is this? Like United States, well-known career. So like WCW, that'd be like '96. He'd come into WCW. Yeah. So be- um, so between like '96 and now, which is like 23 years. Apart from like where he's had like a bit of time out, he's always been relevant. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. So, so basically, there was two returns in like 2015 and 2016. No, 2014 and 2015, where he wasn't relevant. Like, he was just kind of there. Like, to to be fair, he did seem pretty unmotivated. And then when we put him with Kevin Owens, it just became amazing. Because remember, there was a point... There was a point in, like, 2015, 2016, and I think that's why I briefly forgot about him, is um, where Jericho would turn up in WWE and say, oh, fuck, here comes just, like, the, the necessary run for Jericho. Like, where he'll put over a couple of guys and leave. And to be fair, they hadn't put over some ridiculous people. Like Fandango. Fandango, Curtis Axel. Um, but for some reason, he won the feud of Bray Wyatt. But he's, the thing is, he always, like, and he, when you listen to his podcast, he says he, that's what he's there to do now. That's, his job is to alleviate people or alleviate, like, elevate even, like, that's why he's the AEW champion because he's the biggest name on the card. No, exactly. Like I, I don't think anyone's worried about him being. A, the thing is, he's constantly reinventing himself. So there's like, um, even even if we just take, if we just take from like WWE onwards, um, we have at end of the world Jericho. No, we fucking we have debut yeah, Jericho. Debut Jericho, sort of. Stephanie McMahon Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> um, List of a thousand. What was it? Thousand and one moves. Whatever. <laughs> oh, that was it in WCW. Um, there's also the list of Jericho, which fucking got a clipboard over. He got stupid. He got a potted plant over, Gav. 
Yeah, you got stupid idiot. You got this uh, drink it in. Have you seen? I've. I only no. I only got. This only got pointed out to me today. Have you seen what you know? Um, the location tag you have on Twitter. Yeah. You know what it says on there. Was, uh, I'm from Winnipeg, Winnipeg, you idiot. Because yeah, I, I was just from a random show where it was like, I think it was SummerSlam or something. He was dragging someone back to the ring and someone's like, go back to Toronto. And he's like, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. Uh, yeah. He's just some dude in the crowd, on not like he? He's the master of talking people into a building. And I, you know what my favorite Jericho is? And I don't think I'm alone here. It is 2007, 2008. Suit Jericho, Jericho. Where, where he's talking really slowly. It's funny because he was um, obviously like when uh, what you call him just passed away recently. Harley Race. Uh, he based it on Harley Race. Mm-hmm. No, you can see you can see that a lot. And the um, one of the main guys from No Country for Old Men, like the murderer from No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And it's just so because everything he did then was so slow and he did it purposely to piss people off yeah and he, and but then he turned savage in a heartbeat and he i mean and again he he knows how to work a crowd because when he was doing that he purposely changed the way he wrestled mm-hmm. and he would put people into no he, he literally changed everything he even went from the long tights to the short i listened to his recent podcast and he was talking about all out and he said obviously like Going on after that Young Bucks match, he says, "How he says we can't do that stuff." He says, "So I did the absolute complete opposite." He says, "And I just went and did some um, arm drags and arm bars." No, exactly. To really, really pissed the crowd off. Yeah, but the thing is, there's a different, there's a certain line you have to toe with that. Like there's oh, yeah. um, doing that to get heat, and then there's being Randy Orton. Oh yeah, he's doing it because he knows. The crowd are at such a high, they're buzzing, and he doesn't, and he wants the booze. So I mean, it's just he's a master of adaptation. What speaks volumes is that people do keep copying his shit. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Like um, just I mean, just going to that suit thing, I can think of five people who copied that. Even bloody Samoa Joe did it. What? Well, yeah, and fucking that's basically the whole main event mafia. Yeah. Um. <laughs> fucking what else? Oh, Swagger did it, which was ridiculous. <laughs> um. Eric Young did it. Jesus Christ! I fucking know, right? Like the people should never. And it's weird, like because he even elevated fucking Lance Cade through that. Yeah. It's... And then you think about like a code breaker. How many people use that move now? No, exactly, and. He's had to pretty much retire it. <laughs> and what really gets me is his feud with Edge going into Mania 26. How he managed to build this feud without Edge being on TV for eight months. But by the time Edge came back, you wanted to see Edge kill Jericho. Yeah. Like it... The thingy that, that... I mean, he always talks about what, like his favourite feud is the one with um, Shawn Michaels. Oh, fucking I hate it like okay so I was 11 when that was going on 2008 and fucking I hate I so I didn't it didn't clock with me it was fake yet and Jericho was just my most hated person like if I was if I was making myself in a WWE game I'd always 
have myself beat up Chris Jericho because of how much I hated him. <laughs> he sparked out uh, HBK's wife. No, exactly. Cause, and I was convinced he did it on purpose. Because <laughs> I think it's because of how Sean um, jumped out of the way. Because the way he jumped out of the way, it made it look like Jericho punched him. Yeah. No, um, pushed him rather. Because I think Jericho did. And to it, cause didn't, didn't Jericho like accidentally catch? He did punch her. Like, full on. Like in... Like accidentally because you've seen like obviously he still stayed in character but then when he got backstage he was absolutely good <laughs> no exactly fact, Jer- she, he said she she was fine with it jericho's had several good feuds with sean Mike. like that match he had with sean at mania 19 was a show stealer on a show full of show stealers it's just it's like his whole character you can tell i mean you know for fact well you hear the stories about him fucking standing up to Brock Lesnar and people like that. Oh, fucking! Just he's so protective of the the locker room. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Um, and even now, like he when he ran out of things to do in WWE, he stopped going to WWE and turned up in New Japan, which was the biggest surprise ever. <laughs> Like, it got people who've never heard of New Japan before. Like, he's such a big talent, and this will be a theme throughout the list, but he makes people he makes people's eyes turn elsewhere. Like, yeah. t- tell me you weren't remotely interested. As someone who doesn't really watch New Japan, as soon as you heard Jericho was going there. Oh, no, completely. Yeah. Like, I was one of those, what was it, 40,000 people? 4,000 people? There, it was a lot of people who signed up right after Jericho turned up. I wanted to see Jericho. It? it was. It was. It wasn't just to see Jericho. It was to see what Jericho can be allowed to do outside of the WWE constraint. And then you see his match with Omega, and it's like, that, ah, shit. And the, the <laughs> it's. Mm, I've I've mixed feet. Well, I I like his matches. When, me and Rob have conflicting opinions because he thinks um, Jericho's match with Evil is better than his first match with Naito, and I disagree. Uh, the thing is, I don't think since he started this sort of movement around the places, I don't think he's really had a bad match. Um, no, no. Hang on, I'm trying to. F- but he's had le- he's had less memorable matches, but like not yeah. a bad match really. Um, definitely sort of. He's slowly. He's definitely moving his way up. His match will. Will- the legendary status. His match with Okada was a bit naff. Mm. Mostly because I don't think it was really weird. It was it was actually quite... First of all, we didn't license the fucking Fozzy song for some reason. So he came out to like generic rock music. Um, but like dubbed. <laughs> it's weird. Um, and also, it ended on a small package. Like, cause Jer- I think Jericho couldn't lose... Divisively, because of course he had the match with Hangman coming up like the month later. This was yeah. this is after all out. Yeah, this is after all out. So not all out. Fucking double or nothing. But yeah, he he just turns heads and some mate. What's your favorite Jericho match? Um, It's like when you're asked about what's your favourite book and you suddenly forget if you can even read. <laughs> I'm trying to think. 
I did like as much as with H3K. This is a lot coming it's, from you. I, I really, honestly, and I like, and again, Punk's not someone I like, but I like this feud with Punk. This feud with Punk was great, um, but it didn't really gel in ring, though. Nah. Um, again, though, the, the thing with Jericho is it's like, the lead-up is the main event. Mm -hmm. Much is more sort of just like, the end note. Yeah, that being said, though, um... I'm trying to think. Uh, his matches with Sean, I think, uh, his, like that ladder match at No Mercy. It's probably my favorite yeah. ladder match. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, he was in the. What do you call it? <laughs> Chat in the bank. Oh yeah, you you know one thing that always hampered him both. Um, his hot feuds were put in shit places on cards. He's like, even mentioned that. His Kevin Owens feud was amazing, and then they fucking put it on second. And I like it's probably not right to say, but his match with um, Benoit was it the ladder Rumble? match. Two thousand and two thousand one is that the ladder match for the IC title? Yeah, that is okay. That's amazing, but there's one. Like it, it's impossible. Like besides the obvious, um, Benoit's an awful murderer. Reason, um, just like you can't watch Benoit because you do just look out for like trauma to Benoit's head. I know, and it's, it's, it's like especially because that's a match where Benoit suicide dived into a fucking chair. Although Jericho, it does it does remind me of Jericho's best ever promo, which is like I'll fight Chris Benoit. On a boat, and a boat goes <laughs> up on the fucking Titan run. I'll fight him on a goat. Goat goes up on the. in a moat. Like, like, he can get anything over. He can get Landscade over. He actually did get Landscade up. But, um. Yeah, Jeff. Definitely worthy. My number eight, Gaff. is true. It's damn true. It's Kurt Angle. One of one of both slightly my biggest reg one of my biggest regrets, but also not, is I never went to see Angle was fighting for ICW and I didn't go see it because the tickets were like forty quid. He was here in Newcastle and I didn't get to see it. To, you didn't get to see it because you have like a life. I just didn't end up going. I just didn't want to go. But to be fair, the match is up on YouTube and I've seen it and it wasn't all that, but like just seeing Angle would have been cool. Yeah. Um he he's just he it's like Jericho. He's very like up until the last year and a half, he was very versatile. Well I say versatile, he had two modes. He had comedy geek and shooter. <laughs> uh, wait, basically I mean, he had his, his short four in uh, MMA. Yeah, basically it, he was well shooter so kind of the same well, he's basically all like uh, main event mafia heel so he's basically fucking Hollywood Hogan Minoru Suzuki or Santino Morella those <laughs> other three modes of Kurt Angle it's weird because he never I, I can't really remember ever doing any of the comedy stuff in TNA he did some of it like he um, <laughs> he, he it always seeped through but it was never his main thing like yeah. um there was a great one where um, they were teasing him and Karen 
breaking up and it's sort of like dump teeth fact because it will happen it's like every time a teeth breakup happens in wwe it happens <laughs> um but the what was all right so he was like um <laughs> what is he cheating on me does he have gold medals <laughs> <laughs> and also there was um he was taking like a suntan and he just woke up and he's in his phone and he's like can I have some privacy? Like he did some comedy stuff. It was never like his main thing, um, but I I I know him most. It's weird because um, in skill, when people were talking about TNA, um, first of all, it was like, oh, you can get it for free because it's on Bravo. Yeah, <laughs> and so I and I was a family who didn't get Sky Sports. That was amazing. Secondly, um, it was oh, it's that, it's that place where Kurt Angle is. Like, that's what it was. Up in, in like, 2007, it's like, oh, that's what... Because I got into wrestling in 2007, so it was gone from the fed at that point. But it was sort of... I, I knew who he was, because he's a legend. And this, it was like, TNA is that place where Kurt Angle is. And I was like, okay, so I need to watch TNA to see Kurt Angle, and then it blew my fucking mind. But... <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a second. What I want to say is how good he got in a short amount of time. Well, he was, what? two years in or something it was two years in when he got the title yeah <laughs> you know there's an amazing backstage story of triple h was he's always been a fucking politician triple h and um <laughs> if Brett's not gonna do business we'll do business for him um <laughs> but, so he was so Creative meeting for um for Royal Rumble, which was a match between Triple H and um Kurt Angle for the title, and um Triple H was given out with like the rest of his um goons, like oh Kurt's too short to be a legitimate champion, I should win it and then drop it to Brock on the way to Mania, and then um Pat Patterson just stood up and went, tell you what, legit fight him and whoever wins gets to keep the title and Triple H back <laughs> and Triple H backed off. That is a that's an amazing because like literally, even through like all of his comedy geekiness, you knew. Well, it's it's sort of kind of a known sort of thing where like even Brock Lesnar sort of ish like sort of back down. No, nope. the thing is, no one would fuck with Angle, but also Kurt was never cunty. Awesome. Like he'd all he was he was very giving. Like he was all. Awesome wanted to get out of that, the WWE thing. When he was... It's, they were killing him? Being, I remember, they, I remember were ki- like, no, uh, they were killing him, but they also put him down to ECW. I remember just before he left, or sorry, just after he left, or just before he joined um, TNA. So it was like in between. Uh-huh. I remember either reading or watching an interview with him or something, and he said like the reason he had to have the stint between them because he had to have neck surgery, but WWE wouldn't let him have the surgery and basically they said he was addicted to pills and he was mm-hmm. like it was an it, it did become a problem but the thing is Angle's amazing up until like 2016 mm-hmm. like his last few matches in TNA were great were like Galloway and Lashley and well yeah, he, uh, he had a real problem with his um, his arms and his butt and his neck no he got a tumour on his neck which you can still kind of see it's gross it's, it's gross because um, there's a period where he got where he seemed to lose loads of weight, mm-hmm. and it's because he couldn't, couldn't lift. No, it was. It sh- 
it's a bit where Chojin he can't even lift his arms up because he's so um like weak. And he was still one of the best on the card. That's what's fucked. Yeah. Um, like it's weird because I remember I I'm in two two minds of angle. First first of all, he's exceptionally funny. He has amazing comedic timing. But also, my most fond memories are of him are in like TNA, where he was a shooter. I just love this whole, I, like, because I'd been watching WWE, and that, I mean, when he left, it was the fucking worst, shittest period, like, for me as a fan. I was about to say, when he left is when I got into wrestling. So. And it was like, watching, and then that's when I started. Like just before him, I started really getting into it when it was like Christian Cage and like um, AJ started getting on top, and it was like AJ and Daniels were having the fuse and stuff. And I was, I was like, "Fuck man, there's an alternative." That might come up later. And then um, when they did the, they did the because it wasn't like it is now. There wasn't the access to the information. Even back then. No, that's what I think. TNA around our school started as a rumor. It's like, oh, so that's the place where Kurt Angle is. We need to find it. There was none of the dirt sheets as much. No, exactly. Like exactly. Like, it's not like um, stuff like um, the Observer or or like FOW or something is like just commonplace. It's just wait. Like nobody was using social media, so there wasn't the talk. Right, can had to be on the forums and stuff. Okay, let's. Sorry, but let's kind of move away from the it was better than the good old days thing because I can't yeah, remember. Well, I'm just saying, like, I just remember when he turned up in TNA and it was a legitimate. Thing is, Ang- yeah, no, because Angle's so humble because he um, I saw an interview with him where he's talking about his TNA debut, like where he was revealed, and he but some fans chanted Goldberg because they just have a bald head. And he was like, oh, I'm really scared they're going to boo now because they see me. And I was really scared they were going to boo because they see me and not Goldberg. <laughs> that, that episode where he comes out and confronts Joe, it's one of the biggest fucking pops. Especially from a crowd that size. Exactly. Like, insane. Like, and everything was perfect. The music was perfect. Even though he had a, he, I, I, do, I do love his TNA theme because it's like when he's using it, but not outside of it. <laughs> And I just like the lead up, but then it's when um, oh, what do you call him, Don West? Is it Don West? Well, he just goes absolutely mental. <laughs> Kurt Angle goes out, and it's like that sold it. And it was just from then it was just like fuck Kurt Angle, and just laugh that shit off. It's unbelievable. He's just he has amazing. T- he's like the Johnny Gagano or Brian Danielson of his day, like, and he just took to. He was like a freak at the time. He was a one-off. If, say, somebody like Gargano was around at the time as well, those two would be sort of main event in, well, TNA. Yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. But, like, Angle had a willingness to work with anyone. Like, I'm not being funny. He pulled good matches out of Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy was peeled off his fucking face. And... He had with Brock was great. Oh. He had with Eddie Guerrero was fucking unbelievable. It, like he managed to get the IWGP Championship back. To, I'm gonna tell the story, Gaff. So um, Brock Lesnar when he signed for New Japan, um, they they retired the old IWGP title in order to because um, Shinya Hashimoto had died, 
So we were retiring it in honour of him. And we were just bringing out this new belt. And Brock was the championship champion at the time, so he got this new belt. Brock held that championship hostage. A warrior style. Yeah, so they had to bring back the old one. Because Brock refused to come back to New Japan. So in a convoluted way, Angle got it all back to him. Like, it's weird. Like, I can only think of one bad Angle TNA, really bad Angle TNA match. And that was his one with Scott Steiner. Because Scott Steiner can't move. I mean, even managed to get probably the best match Sting had had in TNA. Yeah, that Bound for Glory like main event, which we've covered. But also, thing is, it still wasn't very good. The one at Bound um, for Glory. No, the one at Hardcore Justice was um, 2011. I think it's okay. That's probably better. There's also um, he had a, Abyss's best match as well. Yeah, and that was a crazy match. Went off the stage to a table and stuff. He got Desmond Wolf over in one night, aka Nigel McGuinness. Of course, extend the really bad circumstances around that, but still. Um, well, that 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 was such a shame because McGinnis had just started doing his own thing. Yeah, and a feud with him and Kurt Angle was just like a dream, and it, and it happened, and it was great. <laughs> but then it got cut short. Yeah, but they still had like two matches, and they were both great. Um, just Angle could turn anything good, and it... it's just a shame to see him go out the week went out. I know. <laughs> But the thing is, I don't. I, people shit on Baron Corbin. I don't. You saw like Angle went up against Joe and people like that in the lead up, and we couldn't carry him. Like Joe and Gable, these people who were able to carry people, and they just couldn't. Yeah. Like he really should have stopped after that Shield match, or I believe I think he should have bowed out after the Ronda Rousey match. Yeah, like they could have just. It was a good match, and it was a good way to go. Yeah, and then <clears throat> I know. I think a tag match would have been the best way to see him out. So, what's your favourite angle match? Uh, either Samoa Joe in the cage. That's great. We that was part of the review we never did. Um, or because Bravo, I'm remember correctly, in Bravo used to do TNA pay per views over here for free. Yeah, they just used to show it um, the week after. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think. Probably a match with, I don't know, because his match with Eddie Guerrero was great. Oh, where um, Eddie slipped up the belt, the boot. Yeah. Um, also, that tag match from um, No Mercy 2002. Um, he's got so many. Um, his match with Michaels. Yeah. His match with, matches with AJ. His one at Hardcore Justice, I think. 20... Oh, that was a, that's a big oof, his match with AJ. Oh, yeah. 2007. Yeah, all his matches were joking fair. His matches were Christian. Uh, he's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... I'm not going to pick any because it's all good. <laughs> so, Gaff, my number seven is a man. And his name. Are you not catching on to the joke, hey, Gaff? <laughs> and his name. Is come on, Garth. I believe in you. You can complete this. Ne- you can complete this meme. What? And his name is. <laughs> Fuck that, Garth. His name is Jesus. 
Fucking, I was hoping you would finish the meme, but no, I had to bring it up on fucking YouTube to finish the meme. Thanks, Garth, you killed it. I, I don't care about John Cena. Well, it's my fucking list, Garth. <laughs> I skipped that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was when I was like totally checked out of WWE. Well, Garth, I was 10 when John Cena was on top, and he was Superman to me, and I love him. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Garth, you're going to hear me gush. He's your whole He's he's my Hulk Hogan, but not a bigger to cunt. So <laughs> he's and can work. Yeah. Cena's best match is better than Hogan's best match. Come on. Because AJ carried him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. This... <laughs> Right, Gaff, so I, apparently my number seven is defend me defending him now. Um, he had... Actually, I, to be fair, I genuinely did used to hate John Cena, but <laughs> as it went on, I thought, nah, he's all right. I think, the thing is, it's that, and also Mark would still put money down for him. <laughs> you, know I'm, you know what I mean? Like, um, like in, they bring out an I Hate Cena shirt, and it's one of the best-selling shirts while it's out, and yeah. it's sort of like... You fucking marks. That is the definition oh, yeah, yeah. of a mark. It, when it was Cena versus Rock. Oof. Last Mania. What was it? 28 and 29. Yeah. Well, me and my mates used to have like WrestleFest for Mania. We all get together. <laughs> uh-huh. and, I'm, and I made um, signs. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was like, screw John Cena. And it was like, let's go Rock. I love <laughs> I love that. I, did lo- I, I do love the Cena Rock match. Like, it's the it's the Rock Hogan from of my generation, like, and I hope Cena does it with whoever steps up next. But again, Cena, Cena and Reigns had a match, and it was great. Um, it was actually really good. Apart from I was watching, I've t- I've told I've told you about um the creepy axe guy before, haven't I? Um, <laughs> I watched it at his house, so it wasn't that entertaining. <laughs> I know. I'm after the night he showed me his axes. His bathroom was fucking disgusting. He didn't let on to how fucking awful he awfully he lived before he invited me round. His bathroom was m- <laughs> his bathroom was mo like I got out like the pay per view finishes at like four a.m. I was wide awake and left at fucking se- and left at seven. Got the first train back home. It's uh, that that is that's definitely a story I'm going to tell at another time. Um, because God reliving that night, I still can't go to fucking events in fucking Scotland now because he goes to all of them. Why? Um, because I'm I'm scared of him, Garth. <laughs> he's I, he's a he's a creepy axe guy who sends his. He's not a stable person. Evidently. Yeah, it's why I try to drag you up here for some shows because like, hey, he's not going to mess with Big Daddy G. But um, back to John Cena. Um, I, I'm going to defend you on the oh, it's he needs AJ's to carry him. He's had great matches with Edge, and as great Ed, as Edge is, he doesn't carry people. Yeah, he had the, the thing that the thing with Cena is through his like main run, he was never allowed to properly wrestle. And then when he was, like, it, it's when he did the matches with, like, the likes of AJ where he started pulling out stuff where he, like, his, shit. His US Open Challenge was... That was really good, yeah. The only like, thing that, the only thing I'd watch on Raw through that time period. 
that was good. And his match, like, do you remember his match with Cesaro? Yeah, and his match with Kevin Owens. And... His, his matches were Punk, but like his matches with Punk were always eight hour, ten hour, um, above. Um, he had a good match with Lesnar. He, he had, seven, yeah. There's, there's one I think was a Extreme Rules 2012. Are you thinking of? That was a ma- yeah. like Gleisner's first match, but the only problem was um, Cena won. But apart from that, you, but Cena wins low. Cena. Yeah. Now, C- now Cena has had a share of burials, but with him giving out the burying. But like on Cena's part, the... with the exception of Kenny Dykstra, because um, <laughs> that was personal. Have you heard the story? No. So Kenny Dykstra was engaged to Mickey James. And um, do you know who Kenny Dykstra is? Because <laughs> you didn't watch this yeah. period. Okay, good. Um, he was engaged to Mickey. He was engaged to Mickey James, and then um, Cena started going out with Mickey James. So he, so it got Dykstra depushed and released. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like no, I, he, he was he, like the breakout from the Spirit Squad, wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't go out. To be fair, though, like he was never malicious. Like he could have done that with any. Like when he went out with Nikki Bella, he could have easily got. Dolph Ziggler um, release and all that, but he didn't. Um, like, see, like Cena is will- is like an angle. He's willing to go around along with anything and elevate anyone. Like his last few years, with the exception of Baron Corbin, he has been basically putting people over. Like he's been pinned by Elias. He's been pinned by Balor. Like now, he's, he's, he's at that point where he's sort of passing the torch, isn't he? No, yeah, he's never. To be fair, he's never not wanted. Um, he's never wanted to like bury people. That's how he's been booked. Well, it's because he was Mister WWE for a long time. It, he, I mean, through the shit he did carry the company, and he's so charismatic. Like literally, he could talk anyone. He can he any feud. If if I wasn't feeling the feud, the go home show of with Cena hyping up would always yeah. get me on board. Like the the early Cena stuff and the um chain gang stuff and all that shit I couldn't stand. <laughs> it's when he when he started um when he was doing the promos where you could tell it was just basically him talking. Mm-hmm. That I mean that stuff with Reigns was amazing, the stuff with the Rock was uh, okay. amazing. Fucking okay, so I need to talk about the Reigns one. Um I so like I, I wasn't watching Raw at this point. I was like completely just like done with it. But like I there must have been nothing on because I watched that episode for some reason. And, um, fucking, oh my god, I got so in, like, it's just when Cena went, it's called a promo, son, if you're gonna get, be, if you're gonna take my spot, you're gonna have to learn to do it, and then, like, just digging into him. Just like... like, Cena knows how to, pl- especially nowadays, knows how to play into his reputation to elicit either heat or a pop, and it's amazing. Um, fucking, right, so, y- you said, oh, he needs eight, aging, like, even... In that early days, you're saying he was shit. His matches with Edge, his matches with Angle, his matches with Christian, they were all really I think, good. I think it was just more in the, the the sort of boom time where he was winning every fucking match and all the matches seemed to... Right, okay, so... formula. Up until 2011, where it kind of stopped, I, I was fine with... Okay, so, cause, okay, so I got into wrestling in 2007 when he was on top. First time I ever saw Cena was his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 23. And that is just... So, I was totally into that. And then, like, he was Superman. And 
what ten year old what ten year old boy when the dreaded five moves of doom right his 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 thing Garth Brett did that but his five moves of doom were shitter no but it wasn't like that it was different <laughs> oh it was had... different because you were a child no but Bret Hart they all had their set moves but they didn't do them in the same succession every single match like but, but you all had I, his five moves when I used to watch Raw when I used to watch Raw and Cena was on it would almost be the he, same he, matches. okay yeah he does that it does I, I will admit that but I'm one point out is I was a child during this point so it didn't bother me especially as someone who didn't get raw like every time I saw Cena it was a big deal same with Brett, same. yeah but <laughs> I think Cena stuff holds up better um <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll not shit talk Brett when it's not my list, Garth, but when it's my list, I'll shit talk him over the fuck I want. Um, no, like, Cena was, especially near the end, a complete package. Like, honestly, he's a big reason while I got, while I got into wrestling. He was a perfect um, protagonist when I was a child. He was the perfect antagonist when I was a smart. He's just everything, you, everything you'd need. He, 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 he never doesn't get a reaction. Nah, I think that the, the big, the big, Think the regret with him is, and I think loads of fans always say that is, he should have had one more big heel run. Honestly, I think he might. <laughs> Just, I think he might. Really? I, I honestly, because I don't think he's done a wrestling. When he comes back as JBL. <laughs> to be honest, his feud with JBL that was good. I enjoyed that. It's, it's weird. One thing you always hear about Cena is, oh, he he doesn't look wrestling. He is actually a massive mark. I saw him. I saw him on the Graham Norton show, and he had like a five-minute conversation, like outside of like the Graham Norton bubble, with this American actor dude about fucking world-class championship wrestling. <laughs> so like, he's a proper like territory guy. Oh yeah, and he um, there's always there's a feud as well that never gets mentioned. There's a match that never gets mentioned with him. And when people say, "What's the best or what's your favorite Cena match?" It always comes up to me, and it's um, Umaga. That was an amazing match, but here's the thing: I think why people didn't like that was he was ob- Umaga was obviously just built up to to put Cena over. Yeah, but the whole thing was great, and the, the angle and where they sort of went outside and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> I loved all that. I love I loved Umaga. He was class. I know it's that that was also great. Um, so I take it that answers your, my question for what's your favorite Cena match? Probably the Umaga one, or the. Maybe it's the Brock match. Yeah. But no, I think we might go on. Um, I'm, I'm going to say... Well, I'm going to save my number one Cena match for later in this list, but... um, Arguably had uh, pulled Carly to his best match as well. Oh, the Carly matches, I think, are actually really good. <laughs> like, for what they are. <laughs> like, you know... Like I always get told to watch wrestling for what it is, and thing is, I do. And the Great Khali match for what it is, it's great. Yeah. That where they sort of went into the crowd and they were just yeah. His matches with Batista were really good. Um, his stuff with Triple H was all right. Um, he got Sheamus over. I, I just <laughs> you know what a really memorable Cena pro. He did bury the Nexus. <laughs> that was the worst thing he did. Fucking, yeah, no, that 
that one I will agree is pretty unforgivable. But you know what? We have that compared to, like, do we want to list Hulk Hogan's fucking wrestling atrocities? Because we'll be here a while. But at the same time, we wouldn't be if it wasn't for Hogan. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Cena, Gaff. You reckon? Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> so by definition, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I love fucking... Cena's good in my book. I'm no, no. I'm never... It's, it's definitely like a... Definitely a generational thing. But I, I can appreciate <laughs> him for... Yeah. Basically propping up that company. He, he did carry WWE much better than Hogan carried anything ever, including not being a racist. Um, now, R- Gaff, number six. Who's that jumping out the sky? Huh? Fucking, you're not getting... Hurricane. No, no. What? <laughs> it's R-E-Y, Mysterio. Here we go. <laughs> no. Fuck you. <laughs> Just pulling your... Uh, pulling your blanket. Rey Mysterio <laughs> is what... Is who encouraged me to check out wrestling? Really? Yeah. Okay. So, my friend in school, Aaron, had like the WWE annual two thousand six or whatever, and flicking through it, and at the front there's um three people, um Batista. On the cover, like um, in the like profiles, there's three people you see: Rey Mysterio, Batista, and I think it was Benoit. In, I think it was probably Benoit, which is a bit dicey looking back. But um, yeah, and I saw this mysterious. I saw this like masked wrestler, and I was like, oh, he's so cool. And then my friend, like he was fucking spoiled rotten. Like um, he <laughs> um, had well, not spoiled rotten, but he had like a ton of wrestling figures. And he had a spare Rey Mysterio figure they gave me. And I was like, this is so cool. And then when I started watching wrestling, it was WrestleMania 23, where fucking Rey Mysterio was injured. So, <laughs> See, you got into wrestling from a magazine. For... The picture of Mysterio. I got into wrestling with a magazine with a picture of the Royal Warriors on the front. <laughs> also, people don't seem to... Like, cause, well, you talk to a lot of people online, especially in like, the circles I live in, and they think people should be in like black trunks, black boots, and just shoot fight. And I'm sort of like... Uh, the colour yeah. of like, Rey Mysterio is what... Inc- I think it's why I like stardom so much, because it's such like a colourful promotion. Like, Give me Rick the Model Martell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, Garth. Um, but... <laughs> fucking the model. Um spraying arrogance out there um but no like i remember because so of course like for the first six months i'm watching wrestling ray isn't there and then and then he's hyped like and again i didn't get to watch smackdown i didn't get to watch raw i started hearing these murmurs of ray mysterio's coming back ray mysterio's coming back and then finally my brother, the day, like two days after SummerSlam 2007, gives me a pirated copy. And this is before the network. This is when it would cost like 30 quid to get SummerSlam, in his defense. Um, and my defense, because I was a child living in a council house, just leave me alone, let me live my best life. Um, and he came back and fought Chavo Guerrero. And it was my favorite match when I was a child because Rey Mysterio was back. <laughs> and. Yeah. Even like beyond, like so, he's basically here because he's the reason I got into wrestling. But also, he's fucking really good wrestling. He's amazing. <laughs> like it's weird. 
again, Smack's always go, oh, he's not the best luchador. I'm like, so fucking what if he's not the best luchador? Like, they always go, oh, Psychosis. And I'm like, so fucking... He had an amazing... He had a series of amazing matches with Psychosis. Like, his... Things all, like, all these fucking assholes saying, oh, Psychosis. I bet you they weren't even fucking around to watch Psychosis no, when he was in his prime. No, here's the thing. I saw there was a... um. It was like, just a threat. Like, one of these nice people is like, hey everyone, a bit of positivity today, what's everyone's favourite wrestler? And of course, it's a wrestling page for fucking cause arguments. So I like, I mentioned Mysterio. And I was reading through and someone said, um, fucking who was it? Antonio Inoki? And I'm sort of like, you weren't alive to watch Antonio Inoki. Um, or... Nobody goes back and watches. Someone said, um, Ricky Dozen. Who, do you even know who Ricky Dozen is? You always get the fucking... Ricky Choshu, um, and I'm sort of like, fucking. I bet half of them haven't watched any of their matches. They're just saying them for legacy's sake. Of course, it's like it's like you can appreciate someone like San Martino, but I would never say I fucking love San Martino. No, it's it's so, it's kind it's kind of why like Kabashi, Masawa, um, Baba, Stan Hansen, people like from like nineties old. All Japan didn't make the list because while I love watching those matches and it's actually a lot of what I'm watching, um, like if I'm just watching like random wrestling, that I didn't live through it. So while I love batch stuff, I'm getting more excitement out of watching modern day progress or something like that because I'm following along. Like there's no one on this list who, who, who there's no one on this list where who didn't have storylines. I'm I was following along. I can I was alive to follow along. You know what I mean? that people forget is um, he, he existed like in a time when everyone was a big fucking no exactly and he, he he went sort of blow to blow with them and he wrestled so many different styles he did ECW WCW WWE he's been in New Japan um, he did for he, he did a Jacob well he didn't do a Jacob he had an exhibition match at a Jacob he's in every type of match there is to do. Yeah, he's won every title, basically every title. No, he's a, yeah, he's a Grand Slam champion, so he's won every title. Um, like one of like one of my favorite matches of his was against fucking Dean Malenko. Which one? Halloween Havoc. Oh, that was. I Hang on, are you, th- are you thinking of Guerrero? No, Malenko. No, is it like because like, Guerrero was Halloween Havoc? I think like late nineties. Great American yeah. Bash. Are you thinking? No, it was definitely a Halloween Havoc. Right, I, the transitions on the fucking screen. I remember. But it was basically, it was, they were wrestling Dean Malenko style. I remember. The Mysterio was amazing. I remember, yeah, in Blackpool. Um, for some reason, we decided to watch some WCW Nitros in the hotel room. And fucking, we were all marking out to a Mysterio Malenko. Like, as for like a standard Cruiserweight WCW match, but it was still amazing. It was like, wasn't like opening... Much like it was, it was opening in Nitro, and like we were watching it to see what happened after Hogan joined the NWO, and Hogan wasn't even on the card. <laughs> it was ridiculous. No, he's serious. No, he's like even past that. Um, so you you follow through like his his feud with Punk was amazing. Um, his feud with Batista was really good. His feud with Jericho. Oh, we missed that when we were talking about Jarek. That that finish of I I think it was over the limit or something like that. It was like a B pay per view, and I did yeah did the six one nine, 
and he counted the 619 by just ripping Mysterio's mask off. And there's a great story that early in the day, um, they pitched, they were pitching this, and Vince overheard them or something, or was at the meeting, and was like, you can't do that. And they had, they had to go to the ring and do it like three times in a row to prove to Vince it could be done. And it's it, like, and even like, Mysterio is one of the few as well where, like, I would watch SmackDown and watch him. Uh-huh. And but SmackDown sex. You would good TV matches. Oh, some abs- people would just like sort of breeze through them. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, he's he's also like just really like a flash of color because there was a point in WWE a few years ago where like everyone was in like black mm-hmm. or like a dark colors, and then he'd just be out in like bright colors, and it's amazing. I think people seem to forget as well that he's been around for a long time. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, he was around for sort of early nineties, as WCW was just starting to get. Yeah, he was. A, he was like for ty- in terms of like age, he's like the title bit of his day. He debuted when he was eighteen. He's like sixteen or something. He's only forty-four now. Exactly. <laughs> and like compare that to like I don't know, John Cena or something, and he's just like late thirties, I think. I was for- yeah, he's only two years younger than Mysterio. Is Cena so? He's another. He's another person from that tag match at No Mercy. Uh, yeah, again, um, three out of four, four people in that tag match are on this list. So, um, just honestly, okay. So, what's your favorite Rey Mysterio match? Um, either versus Eddie ninety seven, mm-hmm. uh, where he's dressed up as the fucking Phantom or something. Yeah, um, Halloween Havoc, that really famous old purple get up. Yeah. Um, or maybe that tag match. Um, that tag match is so good. <laughs> so good. Or the, like, see the, um, the Melanco one. He had a really good feud with the, I remember he had a feud with John Morrison. I, you know what? Again, the IC. That was really good as well. Um, you know what, Gaff? I forgot to mention this. I've seen Ray live at ICW at the Hydro show. I I went along, like a bunch of friends were going along. I was sort of on fence because it was like forty quid a ticket, but literally I went just because I wanted to see a six one nine live once in my life. <laughs> yes, I'm a Mark, but his move on it. No, well, no, no, because Tiger Mask did it first technically. Yeah, but he sort of brought it in America. Yeah. Um, I bet he didn't ask Tiger Mask permission, but he probably could because he can't speak Japanese. <laughs> He's on like, and I remember it was against Kenny Williams, and the ICW crowd hated him because he didn't promote the show. Yeah. So the ICW crowd were completely against. I was the only one cheering him. Like, um, it's it's actually quite hilarious because um, there was like, um, people were chanting O one four one for Glasgow. But this is the Glasgow area codes, and I was just doing six one nine between the only per- you know how like in Blackpool I was the only person chanting Scotland between the UK chants. <laughs> you sound so disappointed in me. <laughs> so people going oh for oh one four one, and I was going like six one nine, and like angry Scottish people were turning around looking at me. I'm like oh lord, I'm not making it out of here. 
<laughs> yeah, I loved it though. I thought he did, he he like he didn't. It took him like two minutes from his music starting to him coming out. It was weird. Um, that's just what he does. Like it happened. All, it, he always does that. It also happened to All In. He just always comes out late for some reason. Because <laughs> yeah, he's used to coming up through the stage. <laughs> to be fair, that was so, that's such a cool entrance. And, and the, I mean, part of the sort of WrestleMania thing where you'd be like, what's he coming out as this time? Oh, we, that was actually part of our predictions this year. <laughs> we should do this every year. Part of our predictions, just watch Rey Mysterio coming out as. Um, did any, no, none of us got that right. It was Mysterio, as in like the Spider-Man villain, Mysterio. Oh, that's yeah. And then I don't. I'm not surprised you don't remember Garth because it was like a minute long. That match. Of all the things to cut, fucking. Because he was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But to be fair, that the fucking Money in the Bank match, there's no excuse. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Next up, Garth and like, I think you can agree so far I've not gone too smarky. What number is this? Um, five. Oh. Five. Um, it's the rain and Mikkel. Huh? The Rainmaker. Oh, wait. Kazuchika Okada. I'll keep this one brief since we can't really go back and forth too much on this. But like, he sort of got me into... I, I, I thought he would be on. Yeah, to be fair, he got me into... well. I say that. Nakamura and Ibushi got me into New Japan, but then Ibushi fucked off for about a year and a half and Nakam- <laughs> and Nakamura um, became a knacker. So. Ibushi fucked off and then came back like it's like God of a wrestler. <laughs> no, but his thing, he was a God of a wrestler at the time. <laughs> Alright, but go. I, I don't know if you've watched it, but go watch Wrestle Kingdom 9, Ibushi versus... Um, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's the match that made me a New Japan fan. Um, and then it's why I complain so much about Nakamura nowadays. <laughs> but like Ibushi went off, he did like indies, and then he also did Cruiserweight Classic, and then came back, and now he's a fucking. <sighs> mm. But anyway, future, oh, well, future uh... IWGP champion, definitely. Absolutely, but no, Okada. I, I got yeah. to watch his ascension to Ace. He wasn't quite Ace when I got there, but like the year later, he was Ace, and it was quite fun watching like the tail end of that ascension. I think people get burned out on Okada, and I don't blame them because I'm kind of burned out on Okada. I think it's just it's, it's the intensity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've, it's not just that. It's a case of in the last four or five years, he's been champion through most of that. Or like he's never he's never been seriously out of the title picture since debuting in twenty twelve twenty thirteen. So I think that's why people are burnt out on him. But also his matches are so good. Because he's one of those people who never fails to deliver, like not always five star, but four at least. No, I think his bottom end is sort of seven out of ten with bad luck Farley. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's a mate. I remember. It's, it's for pomp and circumstance that people say are missing from is missing from wrestling or Japanese wrestling at the least. He has in spades. I mean, fucking he, money falls he, down from the sky. Well, I suppose it didn't work with uh, Nakamura as much, but he would. Oh, he's, he has anyway. he has worked quite a fair bit with Nakamura, and they're 
great matches. But yeah, Okada could get over anywhere. Like, he's not, like, outwardly charismatic like Nakamura. He's not, like, a Michael Jackson figure. He's more, uh... He's more... It's more an air of uh, importance. No, exactly. Like, it's... Like, if Nakamura's Liam, Okada's Noel. <laughs> if you get me. Yeah. Um, like, Nakamura... Less of a cunt. <laughs> Probably yeah. is, yeah. But to be fair, if anyone's a cunt in New Japan, it's Tanahashi. If you yeah, have the shit, he comes oh, out. Tan- fucking Hogan. <laughs> Tan- no, Tanahashi fucking has Hogan. Has actually Hogan. Tanahashi has Hogan Okada before. Tan- <laughs> no, because um, the Wrestle Kingdom 8 main event was meant to be Okada and Naito. This is pre-LIJ Naito. And then Tanahashi, Naka- then Tanahashi campaigned for like a fan poll. And it happened, and Tanahashi and Nakamura won, so headlined with the IC title. <laughs> and then in Wrestle Kingdom, it's actually played into a great story because when at Wrestle Kingdom 11, when it was Akada versus Omega, um, because Omega was like still unproved, he'd only been a heavyweight for a year. He um, Tanahashi threw out, uh, maybe we should do another fan poll. And then he was uh-huh. like, okay, if Naito agrees, we'll do a fan poll. And then Naito didn't agree because he's just cause keeping um, Tanahashi out of that main event meant more to him than being in the main event. <laughs> it's just, because uh, it's, it's, I mean, we're getting away from Okada, but it's sad to see that Tanahashi just seems to just want to he's... sling Okada. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that probably in a future thing but with Okada he's just I'm I defy anyone not to have um give one at least one Okada match a 10 out of 10 upon like if you watch like three or four you know what I mean like he's just yeah, I mean I, I've not I know you've not watched a ton what have you seen of him uh I've seen have you at least seen the Omega matches two Seen two Omega matches. What one? What one's out of curiosity? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Probably the Wrestle Kingdom ones. I don't know. There's one Wrestle Kingdom, one G1, and two Dominions. Definitely a Wrestle Kingdom one. Was one of them two out of three? No. No, then you haven't seen the best one. Um, were they both like? Was one an uh for time limit draw? Um, possibly. Just ones that are watch on YouTube because it, it was when the the big big buzz was sort of mm-hmm. Omega no that's because that's what turned five. that's that's what turned Rob onto New Japan was that yeah. so he, that's the thing but he's so good that he has matches that could and and he has range like his match a few months later with Shibata was completely different it killed Shibata but that's sort of Shibata's fault um, yeah. some great matches with Ishii. Just he he can work with anyone and have, and it's like he's a must-watch talent. And we are desperately running out of them nowadays. That's what makes them so special, though. No, exactly. And oh my god, just he he's amazing. That's all I can say. Go watch Okada. Go watch some Okada matches. Um, do you have a favorite? And I'm asking this for everyone. And I know you don't. I know you haven't seen a ton, but do, do you have a favorite Okada match? I couldn't tell you. Mm. Probably Omega because it's probably the first one I watched. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined towards Omega. Also, his Tanahashi 
G1 final match this year, I think, is their best. Um, just that time with the draw, I thought was amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's just so many. Shibata, that was amazing. Uh, this, he always gets ten. It's weird, like, he always gets tens, and you, it, you just forget that it's possible for him to have a bad day, because he never does. I, wanted, I, I meant to watch his match against Junior, but I just never got on to watch uh, that's really good. Well, depends which one. Um, the Secure Genesis one's really good. So this is one from, yeah, and so this is one from yeah. Strong Style Evolved, which was for UK show. Yeah. Um, but his, he had the best match with. I think everyone in the A Block this year had their best match with Okada. Oh, his match with fucking Osprey this year. Oofed, oofed. Anyway, um, number four, Gaff. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a good segue for this one. <laughs> it's AJ Styles. Yeah. Because in the same, you know how Angle was the person who got me over to TNA. Yeah. AJ's the person who initially got me to watch New Japan. He didn't. He's the one who made me stick. As I said before, it's Okada, Tanahashi, Nakamura, and um, Ibushi. But AJ's being on that Wrestle Kingdom is what made me check it out. AJ also made me take the leap to watching Ring of Honor and PWG and everything and he's also just like one of the best to ever grace a ring. <laughs> he's been he I think he is not obviously not having seen much of cars, but I think AJ is been consistently the best for the last <laughs> ten years or something. Yes, up until really this year. He hasn't had really any matches a note this year. There's one with Seth, but that's about it. Again, his his arrival in WWE. That was such a big deal. I remember. I've never. I don't think I've marked out more to a Rumble entrant, ever. No. <laughs> like, I just saw him. I was like, no, 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 and they fucked it up by keeping it on Roman Reigns' face. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he just kept on Roman Reigns' face up until the point where AJ hit the ring. <laughs> but no, like and. We just, to te- just to tease the, those watching at home. No, exactly. But like, when you even look at just AJ, ended up fostering Bullet Club into like a more mainstream thing. Like, it's when AJ was head of Bullet Club. It's when you see, of oh, was... when you start seeing all the Bullet Club shirts, and when like it's weird. Like at that point, it wasn't quite the cunty thing it is today. Like before, fucking the too sweet thing took. Like uh, he that, that, that did spoil it. That was fucking the books and that though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just, AJ, he never has a bad match. Apart from when it was with that fucking MMA fighter in um, TNA. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's his name again? Jordan Grayson. Yeah. Fuck's sake. But no, like, even, as, again, like Angle, he could also do, like, comedy stuff, like, the, his, when he was the comedy geek in Christian Coalition. <laughs> it was just... There was so many good. It was such a good time watching Tina because you knew. Yeah, he he got smart very quick though. He he went from like he watches like the shit he was doing like say two thousand five Unbreakable, which is what I think the best freeway of all time. Um, you see that, and then you see what he did was doing like in New Japan, and it's night and day because he smartened up and stopped going a yeah. million miles an hour. Sort of like what Ricochet became, like where he stopped. Going a million miles an hour and started selling, and that's when he became the best in the world. Like 
for me, his favorite, like my favorite feuds of his was like Chris Daniels. Yeah. Uh, um, the matches they had, and obviously Angle. I remember 2012, um, 2011-2012, one of the two, AJ and Daniels had a last man standing. Yeah. And, like, at this point, most TNA fans are sort of annoyed with it, but, like, as someone who, like, 2007, they weren't really feuding that much, so I was kind of fine with it. Um, cause, like, does the style clash with the table, the ramp. I think so. It's also, but, like, I remember fucking... This is like this is like just a wee twenty twelve. This would be just a wee bit before I got into like watching CZW highlights on YouTube, so I wasn't quite bloodthirsty yet. And Daniels tried to stab AJ with a screwdriver, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, just and even getting out of TNA, his and and I know I'm going smarky stuff, but smarky now. But this is my list, so um, his New Japan stuff is amazing, like unbelievable. Um, his matches with Okada are great. His match with Minoru Suzuki in the G1 is unreal. Um, some for some six men in Ring of Honor that was absolutely amazing. It was um, him and the Bucks versus I think Rapungi Vice and Okada, and it was amazing. Um, he's, he's like literally he, anywhere AJ goes, I think people will follow because of how good he is. He's the gold Nothing standard. Now. It's sad, not sad, but it's unfortunate that. He probably is having to slow down on what he does because he's obviously older now. He's older, and, he's... and he also has to do this four day, four days a week. Exactly. So people aren't going to see the the stuff he was doing before. It it is it is a shame, but also like he doesn't. He's at the point where he doesn't need to go a million miles an hour. Like again, look at the Rollins match. Yeah. That's exactly or right. even like the Shane match, he pulled an eight out of ten out of Shane McMahon. Is it? It's a cliche, but he is like actually a phenomenon. <laughs> He's actually phenomenal. Um, what's your favorite AJ match? I love that last one, standing match with Daniels. Um, I love the cage match with Christine Cage. Hey, um, when it's the best because I remember watching it, and it was when um he's with Tyson Tomko. And Christian's in the ring in the cage, and Tom Will comes down to AJ's music, and AJ appears behind him in the ring when the lights go off. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's so good. It's matches. Uh, I'm trying to think of a specific Joe. match with Joe. Yeah. Um, the one before Unbreakable is amazing. And this, to be honest, like I generally did look like this match with um, Shane and the one with Cena. Oh, all three with Cena were great. Um, but what's your favorite one with Cena? Because I have my answer. Um, it was one of them. What was it called? There was. <laughs> I don't know what. Mine's the one of the Rumble. I think that was probably the one. Where Cena one did the roll through with the AA. After the, he missed the. Top rope one. Aye. I... Just oofed. It, the fact AJ's just amazing. Mine is well, Unbreakable 2005 again, cliche, but fucking, how can it be a cliche when it feels so right, Gaff? Um, fucking his match with Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom t- ten ten, Wrestle Kingdom ten, just ah, uh, the best bomb AA 
ever. <laughs> Fucking. And then Nakamura went to WWE. <laughs> what am I going to do? Complain on my podcast, Garth. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's all I can do, Garth. That's, that's all I have in my life now. Um, anyway, number three, Garth. The rated uh, superstar. <laughs> Why is he so high up there? Um, well, I have my reasons, but also, I'd love doing with Tony Timmel. Think, because Garth, I listen to, um, well, some of the one the list you you and Rob did, like how long? That'd be like eighteen months ago now, won't it? Something. And um, <laughs> you just wanted to bury Edge, but couldn't because you were trying to still be diplomatic. I didn't want. To. His matches never got first, get out of first gear. Apparently, he never got out of first gear. <laughs> I, I, okay. So I've told you before. So my first show was WrestleMania twenty three. So Edge, my first match was Money in the Bank, which was Finley, Booker, Mister Kennedy, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Edge, Randy Orton, and someone else who I'm not. I'm not going to bother trying to remember him. Um and. Edge just immediately caught my attention. He was just so fucking cool. <laughs> like the long jacket, the the like the long hair. He's just so cool. <laughs> he was just so cool. And it's weird because Edge has both one of my favourites and one of my least favourite themes. What, the original Edge one. No, the original Edge from that you think you know me, know me, new, new. I think that's quite cool. The Rob Zombie theme. <laughs> Oh yeah. No, but he's, again, he's on here for childhood reasons. He was my favorite as a kid. Like after Mysterio got me in, Edge kept me watching. Edge, Edge is the reason why I started listening to Alter Bridge. <laughs> I love that song. See, I just thought it was like a WWE theme up until a point where I actually started getting into music. I'm like, oh, Alter Bridge is a real thing, and fucking Miles Kennedy is an amazing vocalist. Only reason I knew it is because when he did his retirement speech, <laughs> he said like, "Thank you for everything." He says, "Thank you for all the rich for, for the amazing tune." Let's hear it again. See, I know. And I was like, "Shit, that's a real, that's a real band." <laughs> I I know Miles Kane from Auto Bridge more for um first of all from his stuff with um Slash before Auto Bridge, which is weird because Auto Bridge sells out like the Hydro and shit. But anyway, off this isn't a music podcast, unfortunately, because I feel that would be quite the quite the listen, but. <laughs> I just it, it, okay. Spears weak, but like he's like the height of what a WWE made wrestler can be. I've never thought it was that bad. Like it's it's a spear. It's, it's yeah, a ship yeah. Ship. But you look at like Roman who like throws himself at his opponent, or like Kyrie Sane's spear. Like don't call me Smarky, but like that's an amazing spear. Or Moose. I don't like Moose's spear. I love it. <laughs> no, because so, he, he, oh. he does the flip. And I think that takes away a lot of impact. Pardon the pun. Um, but you know who has the worst spear? It's Toa Hanare. Because <laughs> he picks them up and puts them down. It's like a shit spine buster. And they were like, oh, he'd be banned from rugby for that. I'm like, no, he fucking wouldn't. He fucking hugs them to the ground. <laughs> now, like, Edge is another one where it's a running theme of his list. Any role he's given, he can do. <laughs> Yeah, because he can do comedy. He's a really, really good heel. 
He's a great he heel. He's a great face, actually. He's a great white meat baby face. He can do baby face. He can be. He can be like a sort of like like chicken shit heel. Yeah. He can be, a... he can be unhinged. Yeah. Um. He's just unbelievable. Like um. Also, his promo ability is just almost second to none, especially for the time he got Cena over. And. I know, like that TLC. He actually about his best round of matches because he fought him quite a lot. That TLC match at Unforgiven 2006 was amazing. Um, he actually got good matches out of um, Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, I rated RKO, which has the best joint theme of all the joint themes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I'm gonna listen to that after we go off air, actually, because it's such. A great joining of two themes. <laughs> um, his, his, I remember his or I don't, his feud with Shawn Michaels was great because he was just annoyed that Shawn was getting title opportunities and he wasn't. Um, his stuff of when he was with Lita, I think, was amazing. Um, his Vicky, the whole Vicky Guerrero arc was amazing. Was so <laughs> like, and she was annoying at the time, but I was eleven, so I was just sort of like, "Ew, girls," but. Even if he doesn't always have the best matches, he always has the most interesting feud. <laughs> and that's really all that matters. And, like, how many different people has he held the tag titles with? <laughs> Christian, Rey Mysterio, Jericho, Hogan. Orton. <laughs> what? Orton. Orton, yeah. Fuck, I forgot about We were just talking about it. I forgot. That's already five different people. And they're all... Just... Ah, this... I can't fault Edge. What's your favourite Edge match? Um, his Hold the Cell was good. With Taker. With Taker. Oh, all his matches with Taker were great. That WrestleMania 24 main event? Nah. Um, he had a really good match with Matt Hardy once. Oh, the Steel... The steel cage, yeah, because they actually fucking hated each other. It's amazing, like, I would not have done the stunts Matt Hardy did if, um, with Edge, because I, I wouldn't trust him, so it speaks a lot to even though personal shit was going on, how much yeah. those two trust each other. Um, again, his matches with Cena are great. Um, he had a hair versus hair match with Angle, <laughs> but he actually invented the you suck chant for Angle, did Edge? Because it was it was like a backstage thing and it's just amazing. Um, <laughs> the kazoo's he got kazoo's over. Yeah. After I mean, listen to the Edge and Christian podcast and just see like they just they just love wrestling. I and they're just proper wrestling. I remember, I've, I've listened. I don't listen to like their full podcast, but like I'll listen to clips and I'll listen to the clip where they talk about NXT Takeover UK and we weren't coming at it from like a smarky perspective. Like. You see people talk about Joe Coffey and they're like, oh, well, he, he, he's not as good as like other big men. And he and I was just like, oh, fuck. I wish Joe Coffey was around when I was a kid so I can mark out, out as much yeah. as... And I was like, I love... Like, we talk about it like they're like, just big kids, which I love. Because they're so far removed from that, I think, now. They just watch it. Like, ha- on the most recent one, he was talking about how uh, like his wife had gone away with the kids and he was like, so... He was like, so I sat down, I was going to watch him, uh, some wrestling. And he's like, getting proper excited. 
I so sat down and watched. He was like, I watched All Out. He's like, I watched NXT UK. <laughs> I um, I can only imagine that's what you're like when you get the house to yourself. Oh yeah. That like the night where I can just sit and watch it. And then you're just like sleep. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, love Edge. Anyway, number two. You're gonna call me a smart gaff. It's Kenny Omega. Nah, I'm not surprised. Because he's just a me- like he he leveled up wrestling. <laughs> like he's the reason expectations for wrestling is so high now. Yeah, based off Meltzer. <laughs> no, fucking even not based off of Meltzer. Gaff, I hate how. Omega's now intertwined with Meltzer. Cause I, I, I loved Omega when I first saw him. Because uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. just And you know what it was? It's because it was a match with um, Taguchi. So it was slightly comedy orientated. And he and he did the chainsaw with his hand. And they were putting over. He shaved his arm hair two days before a match. So it's razor sharp. Who does that? <laughs> Omega. This is back in like... T- um, this is like three or four years ago, and he just like before he went heavyweight, and he just like cheese grated. Oh. Um, but Omega's responsible for some of the best matches, like on on objective work weight level, some of the best matches of all time. Kenny Omega's twenty seventeen is the best year of any wrestler, I think, in terms of pure match quality. Because if you look at it just in terms of his singles matches. A great G1. Three great matches with Okada. A five-star match with Michael Elgin. Um, an amazing... Um, he brought a ladder match to um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. He won... He was the inaugural United States champion. Just... Remember, like, while I, while I was, like, casually into New Japan, up until 2017, Omega... Made me jump right the fuck in. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd watch, like, the big shows, like, the big pay per views. Like, I'd watch Dominion, King of Pro Wrestling, um, Power Struggle, G1 Finals, Wrestle Kingdom. I wouldn't watch, like, every pay per view. <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, Kenny's too good. I can't miss him. And then, like, it. <laughs> what? <laughs> you totally in on it? Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm all in on it. Um,. Again, Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega is basically the reason I'm invested in AEW, and he hasn't had the best run of it so far. I think I was thinking about this the other day with the AEW thing. It's obviously it's all by design because. Oh, like but, I, I, but, I, I think it was it, I think it was a scallop I think it was a scalaber who had the um, line. He's left his wrestling heart in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're gonna do this as like as kind of gimmick where he just goes on some massive like losing streak it's right because like even in terms of match, I don't think we've given any Omega match an AW less than an 8 maybe yeah, it's been good. yeah um, his match with Jericho was good his match with Seema have you seen that oh not yet um, it was at Fight for Fallen and it was really really good um, to be fair it's, it was basically a Dragon Gate match so um, then you have the sick, like he's just great. I missed out on seeing Omega live as well, actually, because it sold out before I got tickets. 
It was it was um, wrestling in Edinburgh and it sold out super quick. And this was right after um, the Okada match. Like it just, uh, I it was like totally riding high on it. Yeah, and I I didn't manage to get tickets. I was so upset. Um, but holy, he, again, he leveled up an entire art form. Well, he's another one who got eyes on New Japan. No, exactly. Like just, his, through, just through the reviews of his matches. Like, there's two big points where people got into New Japan. It was either Wrestle Kingdom Nine when it was first broadcast in English, and people and it was like people like me every time who were just looking for some new non WWE stuff. And then there's Wrestle Kingdom Twelve when it just got insane. Yeah. And ah, uh, do you have a favorite Kenny Omega match? Again, really seen that I know you don't. I don't. I know you don't have a massive point of reference, but you know. Um, I did enjoy his. Um, who did he? Who did he go up against? That's the Kingdom Twelve. Oh, um, Jericho. Oh no, Tanahashi. You're thinking of. I, that. I like that one. I really did like his Jericho match actually. Um, in fact, I think all the all I've all I've. Seen, they've been really good. I think uh, probably that Tanahashi one actually. Kenny Magus is he's a modern. It, was, it wasn't so much the the match; it was the the story. Yeah, like, like of two conflicting styles. Basically, had to go to the fucking bottom of their well. No, exactly. Like Tanahashi, I think that I'm convinced that's the reason why Tanahashi's been dead all year. Is that match? Uh, I think that's probably the one. And closely followed by the jerk all because it's totally different. It's, I like up until the point where Kenny Omega starts being Kenny Omega, I will always be interested in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's just unbelievable. You t- probably toned down some of the gamer stuff. I know you love it. <laughs> um, but I would watch it all the time. <laughs> um, but like the fighter fest, um, bollocks. So I've got under my skin, like the um. The um whole oh it's like Firefest it really got on my nerves but anyway I love Kenny and I can't. like he pulled a nine out of ten out of Cody Rhodes that tells you all you need to know um anyway moving on Garth to Chris's number one I'm gonna talk right down to earth in a language everybody here can easily understand. Now, that's only a reference you're going to get if you listen to the actual track. Um, CM Punk. It's CM Punk, and that's the beginning of Code Personality. CM Punk's my favourite wrestler of all time, Garth, and I know you don't like him. Really? <laughs> he is. I don't, I don't dislike him. You said he was average. I just think, yeah, I just think he's... he's The work he's done on promos and stuff is much better than his in-ring stuff. Right, so, believe it or not, Gaff, there was a period where I just gave up on wrestling. Everyone does that at some point. Mine only lasted six months. <laughs> yeah, mine lasted about five years. <laughs> um, and it was super weird, right? So, after WrestleMania 27, I just gave up. WrestleMania 27 was that bad. <laughs> like, 27 was over. Edge, who was my favourite, retired. And I was just sort of like, and Cena was fine. I was finding out the age where Cena was starting to annoy me. 
and Miz was champion. You know, just everything was working again, and our truth was getting pushed. Hey, don't knock. Don't I, knock yeah. I'm gonna knock our truth because it was shit. Um, so I gave up for like the little Jimmy stuff. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I gave up on it, and then like it's weird. I think this is how most people end up getting back into it. Just one day, I was just like, I just want to watch wrestling, so I decided to watch. I found a stream of Light Raw on YouTube and watched that, and. It was unbelievable gu- luck, Garth. You know why? Because Luke Gallows was on? <laughs> no, this is one of Luke. But Luke Gallows was in TNA at this point. I thought you were meant to be the TNA guy. God, Garth. That was, uh, that was one of your favourite things with uh, Punk. Oh, before. we're going to that, but like the pipe bomb. I got, I I watched, and most of that Raw was shit. Well, people, it was a Raw roulette. Raw roulette's are never good. And like, I remember watching it completely disinterested. Like, I knew Punk was the number one contender. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool because I liked him from before. And then Punk came out and cut that fucking promo. <laughs> and people shit on Punk now. That's the best promo ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. People yeah. have tried to emulate it since and no one ever has. Like... It's like Jericho. I have a list of several people who have tried to cut a fucking pipe bomb and never have. Do you think he was allowed to do it, though? <laughs> Here's the thing. He maintains... Um, he's always maintained, like, he was told to go out and just speak his mind. And then they cut, cut off his mic. He's maintained that even outside WWE. And he has no reason to lie. So I always just thought it was funny that would he have been allowed to talk for so long if they didn't want him to see it. I think they partly wanted a reason for the feud to be hot. And like they're fine with him <laughs> breaking fourth wall if he's le- if he was leaving. Because <laughs> he was legitimately leaving, he maintains that and he has no reason absolutely no reason to lie at this point. I actually ended up watching his Starcast interview. And you want- Yeah, and you know what? He's a very likable person. People seem to think he's an awful human being, but he's not. I think there's two he, sides. To he's him. outspoken. He's not awful. He's very um, what's the word? Closed. Yeah. No. Exactly. But like when he opens up, he's sort of like, I'd love to actually like speak with you. He he actually told a great Harley Race story where you know how Harley Race would do some stuff on the Indies. Yeah. Um, he was special refing um a tight title tournament finals that Punk was in, and Harley Race went up to PM Punk and went, "You know this one two one two one two shit, don't do that," because <laughs> he could Harley Race couldn't get down. And there's also a story of Harley Race vomiting down the side of um down the side of Punk's new car, and also <laughs> so did you know that Tony ha- Atlas? hate CM Punk. Why? Okay, so um, once Punk was called up to the main roster and he was the ECW champion, but he still lived in um, Louisville and went to OVW TV because his friends were there, so he'd just go to hang out. And I remember, um, and apparently Joey Mercury had signed a TNA contract, so it was the last time um, he thought he'd be able to wrestle Joey Mercury. So he was like, he went up to the guy booking it, and he was like, "Hey, can I, can like me and Joey like do a dark match, like an eight man tag?" 
and we'll just have some fun for the crowd. And they were like, yeah, sure, because it's, it's going to draw more if there's, some, if there's a WWE wrestler on here anyway. So, yeah, let's fucking do it. And then Tony Atlas was the trainer, and he was basically there just to say, um, don't do drugs and save your money, because I didn't <laughs> do that, and look at me now. Um, <laughs> so Punk was taping up his fist, which we'll get into this in a second, but no one did at the time, and now everyone does it. Um, so he was taping up his fists. And um, Tony Atlas came on and went, oh, it looks like you've broken both hands. He, and Punk was like, yeah, cool. Tony Atlas had no idea who Punk was. And then after the show, Tony Atlas was going, well, most of you are getting good reports. But one of you, looking right Punk, who wasn't paying attention, is an asshole. <laughs> and then he just kept going. And then every time someone else would say something, he'd come back and say, yeah, most of you are really good. But some of you, stare directly at Punk, is an asshole. <laughs> And he's and he's like, you're never gonna make it to TV. And he's like, I'm the champion on TV. <laughs> Thing is, with Punk, he, he's the he's the epitome of turning chicken shit into chicken salad. At the time, when he was sort of at his sort of height, the there wasn't really much to work with in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he put. He pulled eight out. Apparently, Cena loved working him. Like, apparently, because um, no one before Punk really subverted Cena's spots. And that's why it was so good, because Punk was subverting Cena's spots. He was the best thing about Raw up until the point where he left. Like, he. he was like, and and you, think, you think he's like an average work, worker, but like. I've, I think. He'd always have the best match on a pay per view. It's just, again, it, and this is obviously born of watching them for so long. You can just see the formula, the WWE formula. In That's the not Punk's fault. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he was very, very rarely allowed off the leash. Uh, but when he went off the leash, it was amazing. <laughs> It's like now where AJ's never allowed off the leash, but when AJ's off the leash, he's amazing. I don't think he should factor the leash into how good someone is. I just, I still don't get, and it really fucking pisses me off when I hear CM Punk. No, okay, but that's not his fucking fault. He asked people not to do that. I don't have a favourite. I don't want to see him back if he doesn't want to be back. I want to make that a purpose. Like, I remember, I was. Also, in the Starcast interview, he was like, um, "People are going to take this out of context, but like, if wrestling companies want to talk to me, I'll talk to anyone." Just know it is. I would absolutely fucking love it if you went to AEW. Just and then they said, "Just go and do your thing." No, that's thing. If I want to, if the, I want, I would love to see a motivated CM Punk back, but I don't want to see. I don't want to see him back if he doesn't want to be there. That that was the big big problem for me. Towards the end as well, you could tell. No, like Poe, he, he he was still the best thing on there, but he, like he very obviously was playing more loosey goosey because he didn't care. Which, to be fair, when you hear what WWE were fucking doing to him, oh yeah, like he had a that, that interview did. um with Cabana. You know, it's amazing. Actually, you know how like one of the biggest thing was, I just want time. I just want a few months off, please. And they give him like a month off, but that was it. Like he took time off after Mania, but then it was the whole thing and no because the... he, he basically he wanted between mania and SummerSlam off and they had enough people to fill in the gap punk would leave and then when punk was back 
it would probably he'd be the hottest thing on TV and it'd be amazing. But they only gave him off till payback, which is so basically Punk missed one pay per view, and then was back. And like, but even in that final year, Gaff, he was still, despite factors view of like Daniel Bryan, he was still consistently the best match on the card. Because if we go through that year, um, we have his two matches of The Rock, which were both, I think, Rock's best matches in his part-time run. When was this? Um, 2000, the year of Rainier 29, this will be 2014. 2013, 2014. So yeah, it's two, the two Rock matches. The Undertaker match, which is Undertaker's last great match. Again, I just I think I was just dipping in and out again at this point. Um, his match with Jericho that year was actually really good. I loved that feud. That that was a oh, that, that was in twenty twelve, but that was great. I love that punk. Punk is not scared to get to do go personal for wrestling feuds because he was, gets it. Let's say because that feud did keep us coming back. No, and have you heard the? Um, there's a mad story actually where, um, and it almost got approved where Jericho was going to tattoo something onto Punk. Like legitimately tattoo something onto Punk, and Punk was like, "Yes, because like I have Punk. so many tattoos anyway." Punk seems like the perfect foil for Jericho. No, exactly. Thing is, though, Jericho's got so many good ideas, and Punk seems like he's up for it. No, but Punk also has so many good ideas. Like Punk has does have an amazing wrestling match. Like he'll 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 only dress down people like John Laurinaitis or someone like that, some or someone like Triple H, someone who's not going to be hurt by being completely dressed down. Whereas when he goes up against someone like a Dolph Ziggler or someone like that, he elevates them. He Like, he'll basically, he'll bury Cena because he knows it's not going to hurt Cena, but he'll elevate, like, as if he's feuding with, like, Ziggler or Dan O'Brien, he, he would try his best to elevate them. Like, he wasn't just out to get himself over, he wanted everyone to be over. Believe it or not, he had few decent matches in TNA. <laughs> I've I've never the only one I've watched is like some random Raven Ravens rules match he's had. I've not seen anything else from TNA from him. Have you have you heard why um he got released? He had a, he had a good match with everyone Killings. Really good. Really? Hmm. Interesting. You wanna know why he got released from TNA? Because he's the only one who refused to have um indie bookings cancelled because of TNA. He was like, look, I've given these people my word. I'm not going back on my word, so they released him. And this is like in 2003, 2004, when TNA had no fucking leg to stand on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, And then, like, Smarky again, but it's matches with Joe. In Ring of Honor. In Ring of Honor. Um, but 60-minute draws were amazing. Was also... them, like, off, again, when it was like, when I was banging the sort of the TNA stuff, and I was like, oh, Joe's in Ring of Honor. I was like, oh, Steve Punk was in there. Searched some of them, and he had some decent matches with uh, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Also, I think he had a good one. I, f- I think I remember this would be years ago. I watched this one of Austin Aries, so it was really good. Yeah. So, like, Punk is another person who takes like a million things from a million places, and he he's the proper student of the game. And like, he well, he's a fan. Yeah, again, he started off as a fan, didn't he? And it's weird. While he would complain, he wouldn't sabotage angles or like walk out because of how badly he was being treated. He, no, I mean, how badly he was being booked. He walked out because of how badly he was being treated. Like, and he was fucking ill. 
No, but I think he was when he left is because he literally just left because he wanted he needed time off of his injuries. They weren't giving him it, so he took the time. And like fired him wedding day on his, his wedding. wedding day. And like I'm in that Starcast interview when he found out WWE like because of course now you can just ask for time off. So like Ballard just took time off. Rollins and Lynch took two weeks off to go get um engaged. <laughs> exactly. So you can request time off now. And but and I need to send you the clip just for this for his face when he finds out he can take um holidays. He was just like, he was like that's all I wanted. It's like as well at the time. They had a roster full of people. Like I think, to... I think Cena was on top. Ziggler was world was world champion, feuding with Del Rio. Like they had feud set up. Like really, we only needed them back to feud with Lesnar, and they could have done that. Like he could have came back three weeks before SummerSlam, got attacked by Lesnar, and that was great. But by the way, back, I think that's the best match of Lesnar's um, return. Is his match with Punk? Yeah, it was good. It because it, it wasn't just like a Lesnar formula match. Punk actually forced him into having a good match. Because I think it was sort of mutual respect. Because Lesnar, um, and Heyman and Heyman and Punk. I think Heyman was just sort of like to Brock, look, dude, try with <laughs> Punk because he's gonna make. Because if you tr- even if you try a little bit with Punk, he'll happily carry you the whole way. Like, um, Punk loved work. He said in the interview he loved working with people like Lesnar, like Cena, like JBL, who weren't worried about their spot. So he could just... Because apparently Cena loved working them because Punk would call the matches, and Cena hated calling matches. Well, <laughs> he hit hauling his fucking spots to the back row. <laughs> <laughs> you talk too much. Um, but no, I know you don't love him. I, th- I think this might be another generational thing in that sense. I don't... Again, it's not, I don't, I think it's just, again, it was the time I was burnt out with it, and every time I turned on, when like, the weekly stuff to watch it, I was just like, ugh. To be fair, he, Punk got fucked with his year-long reign, because he was in, like, no main events. And then, when it came around to the pay-per-views, you'd be so low down on the card. It's it was absolutely ridiculous how like, low like, down on the card he was. He like oh well, he doesn't really matter. He only ever main evented against Cena and Rock, and like it's stupid because he was he's a draw. He was the biggest mutt. He's the first person, um, in years to outsell Cena. Especially after that pipe bomb thing. <laughs> yeah, I think again, it's I did, I did, it's one of those things that I've. Punk, Punk was it's weird, like, because he also paved the way for like what I like to see in mainstream wrestling. Just a shame that I think if he was if he was there now, you'd be getting a much bigger rub. No, because if he was there now, they don't like people who complain. <laughs> yeah, but no, if he was like, there now, like, he'd be revivaled. Like... You reckon? I think I because now WWE. Are as petty as ever. Like they, they're not releasing anyone, and anyone who's gonna leave after their contract, they're in a rush to bury. Yeah. It's what, like the way Punk talks. I he's not averse to coming back to wrestling, but he wants it to be right. I don't. I don't think he wants the glory. He just wants to be in good stories. 
thing is, he's also done so much since leaving WWE. Like, he's in two films coming out. He's... No, that's the thing. He writes for Mar- He writes for the Drax comics. <laughs> which is hilarious, because Batiste is Drax in the MCU. <laughs> Um, he, he does have like a shop. Uh, um, he has a pro wrestling t-store. Did you not have like a, um, like a punk store, like a like a legitimate like sort of record? He didn't mention that products. in his interview. What he did mention, though, a lot was it's weirdly it's stupidly apparent how much he loves his wife, which is kind of adorable. <laughs> like he's married to AJ Lee. And no, because they fucking didn't treat her well after he left. Um, well, but they took it out on her, didn't they? Like... It's a it's a bit unf- like they had fucking Brie Bella lesbian pollen her. Um, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous stuff. But yeah, like he was wearing like an AJ t shirt. <laughs> like it's weird. Like even Punkwood's um, is I like press junkets, like like red carpet press stuff. WWE would do. He'd wear, like, lesser-known wrestlers' T-shirts under his blazer to try and get more attention. Like, he'd wear, like, Cesaro T-shirts and stuff like, like that. Like, sort of punk fans. Yeah, well, he'd do that, obviously. Like, he, it's actually quite funny. He told the story about how, um, the Misfits T-shirt he wore in a um, no-disqualification match with Jericho. He just stole from his friend. <laughs> but that was my... Th- What's your favourite punk match? Yeah. Uh... I did, li- I did like his match with Jericho, like the blow off. Mm. Um, I think the problem with their Mania match is the fact they were given no time. Yeah. Um, I think his Cena matches were good. All his Cena matches were good, all of them. The Money in the Bank one. Um, the Money yeah. in the Bank one is like one of my favorite matches. It's like top ten matches of all time. Um, did you not have like some decent matches with like Jeff Hardy? He had some great matches. The TLC match at SummerSlam with Jeff Hardy was great. Because I remember being quite actual hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, they found ways around, like instead of like unprotected hair shots, um, Hardy would just jump off shit. <laughs> yeah. And he was obviously in the Money in the Bank Mania twenty. His, his feud of Hardy was great, though, because it was like the straight edge society versus the dr- like, which and it was the best use of Jeff Hardy's addiction for storyline until Joe came out and said, "Pretend this is an AA meeting and shut up while I'm talking to the group." Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sad this wasn't the top fifteen because Joe would make it on there, but I just love. Um, the list. It, it is a good, I like to think, quite diverse list. Mm-hmm. All these people have distinct styles. A little surprise at number 10 was Sami Zayn. Um, have any of the, the ladies on there? Here's the thing, Gav. It's very hard for any for any WWE lady well, to make it on there. Like, yeah. maybe Charlotte, maybe... But the thing is, for every great... Um... <laughs> Every great every, thing Charlotte has done is also a bad thing. I would say for every, like now at this present time, for every good woman wrestler, there's five great male wrestlers. Which is the way it's done. 
on WWE, yes. Um, I kind of like what Impact are doing because Tessa Blanchard is now a full blown main eventer. Um, and sad, but I think she will eventually have to leave there. She will. She, she, I think she already. I think she already has. AEW, maybe NXT. Then again, yeah. Well, she was there, but like, loads of people leave NXT and like Diana Perazzo left and came back. She's um, she's best mate of Cody. She's is she? Well, yeah. Hmm. Really good friends with her. Um, she talked about one on the Joe podcast. But just imagine Tessa versus Basil. She's really good friends with. Like a lot of people on like, AEW. So. I like how the end of this is segued onto Tessa. <laughs> we can't go a podcast. Um, that has been. <laughs> I, it's weird. It's still instinctive in me when hosting to say so. That was the Young Lion podcast, despite the fact that thing's been dead for almost a year now. Uh, fucking, that's been the Podmania podcast. Um, if you. <laughs> my top 10. Um,. Next week, we will be on to that TNA list, we promised. Um, the only issue is we, we didn't fucking prepare for it at all. Well, you know, time got the best of us. <laughs> As it will, the end is the grave. But we'll, we'll have that next um, in two yeah. weeks. Next week, Gaff, stepping out of our comfort zone indeed to North Korea. Fucking the thing is, it's a two-night event. Is collision? We're doing collision in Korea, and we're doing a version that's on YouTube because it's not on anything else. And I'm curious what matches are on this one because I know it's a two-night event, and I doubt. <laughs> so I'm well, good because it was presented by WCW, so probably was probably the best. Yeah, I'm also, also in supplemental material. I'm going to listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast on it. Let's see. Okay, do you want to hear the list of matches we'll be covering? Very quickly, we have Two Code Scorpio versus Wild Pegasus, aka Chris Benoit. Ishi Ishizawa versus Yuji Nagata. Um, a Korean cultural exhibition, which I'm going to assume is tanks. <laughs> like, what else is it going to be? Like there's basically two things Korea is known for is tanks and famine. Um Masahiro Cherno and Hirosato versus El Samurai and Yoshida. That's not these this sounds like a standard um at apparently at thirty minutes forty I'm just looking at the timestamp someone's put at thirty minutes forty seven Ric Flair mm-hmm. looks uncomfortable. Ooh, gaff, 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 there's a f- Joshi match on it. <laughs> Bull Nakano. And and Akira Hakata versus Manami Tano, Toyota and you sh- I can't say these fucking names. Ooh, not- should be well versed by now. I fucking know. Um, Scott Norton versus Shinya Hashimoto. That sounds tasty. Um, Road Warrior Hawk is a singles match on here against Yashi another Yasu Yasuda Tado Yasuda. Um, the Steiners versus Hiroshi Hayes and Kensuke Sasuke. Um, that's good. And Ric Flair versus Antonio Inoki. See, these sound good on paper, but I have a feeling that this is going to be shit. I've got a feeling it's going to be, like, slow. I have a feeling it's going to be uncomfortable. Because <laughs> you know that everyone in that theatre has been forced to be there. 
and they they seem like all the hard hitters. Yeah, it's for it's for it's for crown duel of the day, isn't it? And we'll get into that next week. It's good. I'm gonna ask. To, it's not gonna be fun next week, is it? Um, we have to sort of dance around the atrocities of North Korea. In the meantime, Garth, where can we find you? You can find me at Garth Amini. You're already for your bed, aren't you? Um, you can find me at Candy Chris ninety seven. You can find Podmania at basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, not on the radio though. We should get a radio. No, we can't because one of us will say cunt and we'll be thrown off. Um, you can find us bashing snowflakes on Twitter at Podmania. Um, Fucking, I know, right? Fucking, it's weird. The people who most complain about snowflakes are always the biggest snowflakes. Um, you can go over to the website, I guess. I'm just trying to remember what Rob says at the don't end of forget. this. Yeah, don't forget to check out the website. Oops. For fuck's sake, Gar. What the fuck was that? Um, where we are doing our universe mode on WWE 2K19. We are, and we're all like a month ahead. So, <laughs> this might actually be a thing that continues. Um, and the Stories are actually really good. We did the draft. Um, I somehow ended up with the oldest roster in NXT. <laughs> you got the legends. Because you, you fuckers like, claimed of like, the good um, guys. Because I ended up get fucking picking last. So, anyway. Um, that's been it. Bye, guys. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania. Facebook at Podmania Podcasts and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Podmania.